is Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized in, of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened, and the Spirit, like a dove, descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven, saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan. And it was with and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Now, as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, and they were fishers. Oh, read one extra verse, but um, okay, going back to verse 15 and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Okay, with that, uh, Cody, I guess um, you're going give, to give our message today. And I'll just have a word of prayer before Cody um, gives a word. So our God and our Father, we just thank you for Cody. We thank you for his labor of love in, um, in studying your word. And we just pray that you give him power and that your word would, would accomplish that which he pleased through, through his, um, his message. And uh, so we just pray that, that as we listen to Cody, that, uh, that your word would be imprinted upon our hearts and that we would be not only hearers of thy word today, but doers of thy word also. So we look forward to his message and just pray pray uh, that you bless Cody and bless his message to us. And may we be a blessing to you in return. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so what does uh, Mark tell us about Jesus' birth? Um, well, it doesn't say anything directly. Both Matthew and Luke's Gospels describe Jesus' birth and his lineage they establish how Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecies given to Adam and Eve, Abraham, Moses, David, Isaiah, Daniel, and many more. Can you guys all hear me okay? I got nods from most. Okay. 
I can uh, squish this thing closer in case that helps others. Right. They both take the time to describe events leading up to his birth and even immediately after he was born. John's gospel declares Jesus as the eternal word of God, which became human flesh and dwelt among us. However, Mark does not describe the actual birth of Jesus or any of the events surrounding it. The gospel of Mark begins at Jesus' baptism. At, by oops, doing automatic things here. By stating the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark tells us that Jesus is the Son of God. Mark tells us that Jesus had a mother, and Mark tells us that Jesus came. Now, both of all those things actually are components of the Christmas story. Mark tells us that Jesus is the Son of God. It starts with the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's the Son of God. He was born of God. Uh, Mark 3.11, unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, thou art the Son of God. There's two Mark references that tell us that Jesus is the Son of God. We also know from Mark that Jesus had a mother because when he was with uh, uh, Jews in the, tent, in the synagogue, they said, uh, behold, thy mother and thy brethren without seek for thee. And we are told in Mark why Jesus came. When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, they that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Also, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And there are many other great verses in Scripture that tell us why Jesus came. But Mark does tell us why he came. And if he came, how did he come? Well, we know he came through Christmas. He came through the birth of, uh, with Mary. All right. Mark doesn't detail Christ's birth, but we can see it through his baptism. Just as one life begins at conception and birth, so Jesus began his ministry with baptism. Jesus' baptism is symbolic of his birth and signifies his purpose of becoming a man, which is to lead men and women to himself and new life. So those of you who know me know that I like Bible typology and that's where I get excited when I get to see um, how we can look at the imagery of the baptism and see how it relates to his birth. So that's what we'll talk about in the next few minutes. In order to be born, Jesus must have had parents. Makes sense. Even before his baptism, we are told that Jesus is the Son of God, as I stated earlier. It starts with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's a son means he must have had parents. Just as a woman's contractions prepare the way of the baby to come out, we are told that his paths were to be made straight. And Mark says that uh, there was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So it's interesting how some of the, the phrases in here uh, can be symbolically connected to what real birth is. And the woman's contractions um, make the path straight. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of symbolic anyway. The Bible includes 
literary devices such as using words within the text that symbolize something else. For example, a child comes from his parents' loins, and we see the word um, in here with reference to John, although it's not directly related there. It's interesting when you, if you learn any uh, literary, um, like poetry and things like that, the different literary devices that are used specifically to foreshadow or illustrate something that's coming. And you'll see that there are a few other words that kind of come up. The description of stooping down and to unloose can be connected with giving birth. Babies come forth, and we know that uh, Jesus came. It, it says, there cometh one mightier than I. Jesus came. So just like a baby comes forth, Jesus came to the world. Babies come out of the water. They come out of amniotic fluid and breathe air. The heavens, uh, the air, right? The, you know, you think of air as heaven, atmosphere, uh, the heavens are spiritual, and even our word for breathing is respiration. Uh, babies come out of water, they come into the air, and they take their first breath. And straight away, coming out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. Parents express their joy and claim their children, like saying, it's a boy or it's a girl. And we see in Mark 1, 11, and there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus comes up out of the water and his father claims him. Just like when a baby's born and a father says, it's a boy. Same, same kind of idea. So the baptism is a picture of Jesus' birth. Gestation takes 40 weeks. It's interesting that Jesus went from his baptism to spending 40 days in the wilderness and relied entirely on his father for sustenance. He didn't eat food, but relied on his parent for sustenance. It's interesting that um, just like with midwives are ministering to the mother and the child, angels ministered unto him. When a, a pregnant woman's time is fulfilled, when she's ready to give birth, um, it, it's, it's like this statement here, Mark 1.15, the time is fulfilled. The woman's time is fulfilled, and uh, this time is fulfilled in our world. Again, just the phrases that are hidden in this, script, in this text tie together this notion of uh, this this birth. When a man or woman repents and trusts in Jesus Christ, he or she is conceived in Christ by the Holy Ghost. We know from the other Gospels that the Holy Ghost conceived in Mary, Jesus. And just as he was conceived by the Holy Ghost, when, when a, someone believes in Jesus Christ, repents of their sins, they are also conceived in Christ. Now the believers being born again of the word of God, the we know that the Bible says that the seed is the word of God, the seed that's, that's planted. And I don't want to be vulgar, but it takes seed to produce a baby. And the seed is the word of God. So as a believer, you, the seed of the word of God is part of the conception to becoming a Christian. 
the baby believer matures in Christ and is sanctified by the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Trials and tribulations will come in the same way that tribulations, oh, sorry, travails come upon a woman with child. Jesus' birth, coming into the world, and then his baptism, both together are directing us to something so that we too can be born again. So his birth into the world, we know from the other gospels, the, the story of him going to Bethlehem and being born in a, in a manger, and his baptism, also a symbol of his birth, but also for us who are also baptized, a symbol of being born again into new life. God is our father, and Jerusalem above is our mother. We transition from this world into the kingdom of God, just as a baby comes from the water to the air. Baptism is a symbol of birth and a rebirth, just as one's life begins at conception and birth and following in the footsteps of Jesus, we begin our Christian faith with regeneration, becoming a new creature, and with baptism. Christians are new creatures. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In Titus 3, but after, the, after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And that's why he came, to save us. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, we are born again by the Spirit of God. And even washing, like baptism, to wash, to be in water, and to come out into new life, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life, eternal life, coming into new life. If you think about it, Jesus didn't need to be baptized, but he did. Why did he do that? To set an example for us. It's a picture of his birth and why he came, and it's a picture for us uh, and a symbol for us of our dead to old life and new in, in life in Christ. The believer is conceived by the word of God and the Holy Ghost. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. After conception comes gestation. Notice the state of the verb being when I read the verses in Peter. 1 Peter 1, 21 and 23, who by him do believe, believe is important, that believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Do you notice how we are being born again do you notice that it's an active now it's a the 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 verb is verb tense is present tense it's not that you have been or that you will be but that you are being born again after gestation comes the birth jesus answered and said unto him verily verily i say unto the unto you unto thee 
except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Those who are, who are being born again are now children of God. But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Romans 8.14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he was born into this world so that we can be the sons of God as well, co-heirs with him, and be born out of this world. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came for that. In Galatians 4, it says, but when the fullness of time was come, remember the fullness of time. That's just like when a, a woman is ready to give birth. God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. In, in 1 John, we sing a little song sometimes in Sunday school. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. I won't sing it because I'll probably wreck it. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. But beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We have the same genes as Jesus, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, because the seed is the word of God, and Jesus is the word of God. So one day we get to be like him. We're, we're going to be like Christ. That's a, that's a blessing. We have a, we got a new mother too. If you're born of the spirit, your mother is Jerusalem above, according to Galatians 4. But Jerusalem, uh, but Jerusalem, which is above, is free. It's a free gift of God, which is the mother of us all. And we get to go through birth pains. This is not the fun part, but the Bible says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in faith and that we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. When Jesus came into this world, he had went through tribulation and led us through, and we saw him die on the cross and rise again. Uh, we should expect nothing less. In fact, Jesus told us that, uh, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. Uh, and Peter says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. 
it's not going to be easy in this life. But birth is not easy either. Birth has pains to it. Because of sin, it has pains. In fact, the curse that was on Eve was because of sin. And so birth has pain, and we're going to go through it. But the glorious part is when we come out, we get to come out of this wretched flesh body and into a new world, into a new kingdom. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. Just like when Jesus came out of the water, there's joy. The Lord, sorry, God says, the Father said, behold, this, this is my son. There's going to be joy when we get into heaven, into the kingdom of God, and God declares, my son, my daughter. When we repent of our sins and trust in Jesus for our salvation, we are following his example and are being born again until our time is fulfilled and we enter into the kingdom of God. His example of being born as a man and suffering for our sins. His example of his baptism we see in Mark in, the, in, in chapter 1. His example we follow. We also, too, get baptized. Symbolic of us giving up that old life and rising again. From water to heaven. From water to, to, to the air. Mark 1.15, the final verse. And saying, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Jesus came to save us. He came to give us the gospel. He came that men might be saved. Men and women might be saved. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Jesus came, was born of a woman. He suffered and died for us, but he was in a tomb. It's quite similar to a womb, actually. And he came out of that tomb at the right time and rose again. And he ascended into heaven and he is waiting for the right time to be fulfilled for us so that we can, in a sense, complete the gestation, go through the birth, and enter into the kingdom of God to be with him, to be sons and daughters of God like him, with him. It, we're adopted. It, I'm just thankful. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for your truth. Really ask in Jesus' name that that there would be repentance. For any of those who have not put their faith in Jesus Christ and repented, that they would repent and that we would go out and tell others that they need to repent and trust in Jesus Christ. That's the reason Jesus came. He wants to win men and daughters to himself. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.